0: Welcome to the uh, Code Love podcast with me, Nathan Blackaby, and my great mate, Carl Beach. Hello, no, no, mate. No, mate. I've actually got a bit of a sore throat. I'm going to be honest about that. <clears throat> Have you actually? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's been... Yeah, I've had a sore throat. Sorry. I don't know. That's why I can hit this low, this low tone. My daughter said hey. I've got a podcast us. Nice to see you. Hi. Welcome to the... Co- anyway, I'm going to read something. Um something we haven't done in a while so we thought it'd be quite cool to do uh is is read from some books um and we used to do this quite a bit
1: yeah we need to get back to it
0: yeah yeah so this is a book called war and grace short biographies from the world wars now i went to hamburg recently stayed with a mate of mine who's in the british army and he gave me this um, a major in the british army very cool guy Uh, and he was like have a read of this so i did now i'm going to read a little bit from chapter chapter 12 and then i'll pause and we can chat about it and this is about a bloke called Werner Simonson. Werner Simonson. It was October 1914. The First World War had just started. On the Western Front, French and German armies were already locked in fierce battles. Yeah. Werner Simpson was one of a group of 50 German soldiers from the Fourth Guards Regiment involved in the Battle of Dixmenu in Belgium. They had just taken prisoner over 30 French soldiers. The man Simonson had captured had been a schoolmaster before being called up, and he seemed particularly distressed at the turn of events. So Simonson spoke kindly to him in French and shared some of his rations with the unhappy man. As daylight came and the early morning mist cleared, the 50 German soldiers with their prisoners found that they were trapped between two French trenches. The French immediately opened fire. Within a few minutes, most of the Germans were killed or wounded. The two officers in charge of the Germans, a major and a captain were killed right next to Simonson. He survived by laying down in a small hollow in the ground. The firing stopped. Fifteen Germans remained alive out of fifty. Wow. The French now came out of their trenches to deal with the fifteen Germans who were left. In a victorious mood, the French took their prisoners. Then the attitude of the victors changed dramatically. The French were outraged to discover that some of the Frenchmen, previously captured by the Germans, had been killed in the confusion. The Germans were wrongly accused of having shot them deliberately. As reprisal, five Germans, including Simonson, were lined up for execution. Just as the French officer was about to shoot fire, the former schoolmaster came forward and said something to the officer in charge of the firing party. As a result, Simonson and one other German were led away and saved from death. The other three German soldiers were shot on sight. The schoolmaster, who had saved Simmons' life, did not even wait around to be thanked. Mm. Werner Simonson recorded this story in his memoirs to show the importance of small acts of kindness. In later life he became known for them. He realized how often very small things can have unforeseen effects, either for good or evil. What he did not record was that he was awarded the Iron Cross. It was given for the bravery and good conduct, good conduct he displayed during the fighting in Flanders. <laughs> during that comparatively minor battle, two-thirds of Simonsen's battalion were killed in a single night. Most were young students from Berlin. Whether Simonsen subsequently referred to the Battle of Dickman's Side, he called it Slaughter of Berlin's Youth going to pause there. Yeah. <coughs> Interesting, isn't it, Start, how, how such a small act of mercy or grace or kindness can have a massive impact. Yeah. I mean, he, he wouldn't have known, because at that point it was like, yeah, we smashed them, sort the French out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The next morning they get absolutely mullered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's on the end of a firing line. <laughs> mate. And, and you're obviously writing a book called Sweat the Small Stuff. Yeah. But it is those small things that matter, isn't
1: it? It's all in the little things, mate
0: it is anyway <coughs> I'm going to skip ahead here a little bit because basically in the story and these these chapters are really short but he's then captured by the uh, by the French yeah and he's he's in captivity for five years oh, that's a long shift yeah long shift and it's really arduous and it and it exhausts him basically so we're in World War 1 yeah he has this terrible long long period but for him it's not too bad because yep. he's well treated he's on a farm he's working for the country. French treat him well they treat him well yeah. Because he's a very smart guy, very intellectual guy, um, and this comes in later on. The, the reason I wanted to 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 use this book is because one of the things he says, Simonson says, is no experience in life is wasted. I thought that was quite profound. No experience in life is wasted. I believe that. I but believe that. Sometimes it feels like we go through stuff that you think there's no there's no lesson to be learned. The thing is like the stuff I'm doing at the moment.
1: I, I was um. The Edge, the Edge Network stuff I'm doing, Edge Ministry Coalition. I was in Darlington mm. yesterday, meeting a group of church leaders, and I was telling them the story of how we got it going, and I thought, Do you know what? Everything I've done so far, the bank, the bad times, mm. church planting, losing jobs, mm. succeeding, well, losing jobs, you know, but having to walk away from yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. Um, and financial hardship. It's all built up to this moment. 25 yeah. years of experiences have meant I yeah. could do what I'm doing now. Yeah. If I hadn't had any one of those experiences, I couldn't do it. I believe wow. that. It's all... But in the time,
0: yeah, you don't realise it. Go, no, what's he, your plan, he,
1: plan here, he, Lord? We
0: he talk to blokes out there, I've been married I yeah. yeah.
1: marriage is under pressure, none of it's wasted. It all come together for some purpose.
0: See, even that, if we stop now, that's a powerful message. Isn't it? Yeah, it's all got a purpose. You can't see it when you're in the middle of it, no, can you? you no, just it
1: like everything's just, like, me and Karen last year, we had one of the toughest and hardest years of ministry we've ever experienced. Yeah. Everything in us, we could just walk away. But if we had, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing now. No, no. Sometimes, you know, I've been saying this to lots of people lately, and the best things you can keep doing, even when you're going through the really tough times, keep turning up. Keep showing up because one day you'll understand why. Yeah. And, and God will see you through. Yeah,
0: one day you'll Keep know. turning up. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the book. It was not until early 1920 that Simonson was eventually released. So he had five years in captivity. And this is what he said We all had to live together in conditions of hardship, accept our limitations and renounce any notions of self-importance. No experience in life is wasted, he concluded. I thought that was very cool. It's very powerful. Though. Mate, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just speed through some of this, because basically what happens is, he, and I think this is an important untold story, this guy. Mm. He, he basically has this moment in World War I. He's then a prisoner of war for five years in France. He gets released. He heads back to Germany. Yeah. And he becomes a seriously influential man. Like we're talking, yeah, seriously influential. Him and his wife, Leone, they get married. So uh, basically during this better book, during this period of success and advancement, he married Leone in July, 1923. She too had an aristocratic background. Their only child called Jürgen was born 1924. Considerable financial security enabled them to travel and enjoy excellent holidays every year in the most luxurious surroundings. The, the Bavarian Alps, um, oh, mate, they traveled, the Dolomites. Did they? Yeah, there were very few limits on their pleasures. Yeah. So they lived this kind of amazing opportunity, this life, right? So he studied like mad, he became this lawyer, he became a, a high uh, judge in Germany, in the courts in, in the German system. But, now this is where it's quite interesting. Back to the book. Most Germans felt frustrated by the Treaty of Versailles that had been imposed. Sorry, Treaty of Versailles. Versailles. Yeah, I, I don't know the pronunciation. I'm from Harlow, isn't it? How'd you say it? Versailles. Versailles. I'll start that again. Most Germans felt frustrated by the Treaty of Versailles. Come on. That had been imposed Beautiful. on their delegates in Paris at the end of the war. Yeah. A large number believed that Germany had been treated unfairly. Yeah. People were ready to believe the myth. ...that Germany had been stabbed in the back by the Jews and other traitors... ...and that the German army had not been beaten on the battlefield. Ordinary people did not feel that they had been beaten... ...because the Allies had never occupied the country as conquerors. Dr Simpson, as he was then, was not particularly interested in these things. He did not like the instability in his country... ...but he made no attempt to change the direction of public, public affairs. Law was his fear, not politics... So then we get the rise of Adolf Hitler, 1933. Oh, yeah. Adolf Hitler was legally appointed Chancellor of Germany. On the day he took office, a friend remarked to Simonson, This is the end of Germany's freedom. In future, the Nazis will suppress all other views. Before long, this was proved correct. All political groups other than the Nazi party <laughs> were abolished. The parliament building was burnt down. Hitler became a dictator. Yeah. With all the levers of power in his control. Yeah. So we've got this rise of Hitler, right? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Windows of businesses owned by Jews were smashed. No Jew was allowed to hold public office. Scary, right? <laughs> of Man, because of this ruling, Nazi leaders went to all places of employment asking if there were any Jews working there. They interviewed Werner Simonson and found out that although his parents had converted to Christianity and been baptized as Lutherans, all four of his grandparents were Jewish. Therefore, by race, Simonson and his parents were Jewish, though they had no connections with any Jewish people. Mate, at that point, this guy's life falls apart. <coughs> so he goes from a a war veteran, a German war veteran with the Iron Cross, having I mean, served his country. He was then a high-level judge, and he'd written some really high sort of documents and books and and legal documents suddenly the German war machine found out that he was a Jew or he had Jewish uh, history in his family and they absolutely shunned him he was no longer able to get work he was immediately sacked his friendships all changed people that used to talk to him no longer spoke to him yeah. and suddenly his whole family was ostracized well wow. immediately all the advantages he had vanished he could not obtain work of any kind. Even the boys in his son's class at school wrote on the blackboard, we do not want a Jew in our form. Wow. The Jew must go. And on Simmonson's passport, had a huge J for Jew. Mate, there's a picture. It's mental, look at that. Wow, That I
1: mean, that is a third of the
0: page. Yeah, you're not going to miss that. That's a third of the page. Yeah, yeah. A huge J on his passport. You're a Jew. Wow. And mental. So... Basically, they were in big trouble. And uh, they're, they're living their lives in Dresden. Um, he's got his family there. And stuff just escalated. Stuff just got worse yeah. and worse and worse. But something amazing happened. So, uh, Simmonson was in a really dark mood. He was in a really depressed state. Um, and this is interesting. Uh, it was at his niece confirmation service. This involved attendance at a local Lutheran church. At the time, Werner Simpson greek philosophy was more important than the christian faith he mm. believed that the philosophers uh, sorry he believed that the philosopher socrates was a greater man than jesus why his explanation was that jesus had died expecting to rise again but socrates has given his life for his convictions without expecting any reward i did not believe in a personal god nor in a personal relationship with god through faith in Jesus he says during the service the preacher spoke about some men who need to reach a kind of abyss when they can go neither forward nor back where they are completely at the end of all hope before they can discover the way to God Simonson wrote he pictured this situation so vividly as though he knew exactly my state of mind my frustration And was preaching just for me it was as if god spoke to me and called me by name as if he said i have a new way for you a new life if you will respond to my call it was a revelation to me he could not resist god's call in utter darkness which had engulfed my life i saw a new light i met god not only as the god of nature not as the unapproachable god far too great to be accessible to men but now as a personal God in a you-I relationship as a completely new experience. Yes. He, in his mercy, had revealed himself to me through the preacher's words. God had touched my heart. It was more than an emotional effect. It was the beginning of a new era in his life. And that's cool, isn't it? So he properly got saved. He became a Christian. Um, and, and just to sort of summarize the end of his life and where this goes, <coughs> persecution <laughs> broke out badly as you know in germany and and as a jew he had to get out his wife and kids yeah. were okay but he he couldn't stay so he managed to get a visa to england and he came over to england um at that point um there was a lot of uh, kind of scaremongering going on and the book says all germans in britain were to be rounded up so in 1940 he was rounded up over yeah. to liverpool and they were gonna work out whether or not he was a friend or foe, a spy or an ally, or all this stuff. <coughs> <You> <coughs> so, imagine a trauma with like that. Oh mate. You wouldn't know. No, and no. the German said if you come back here you're in a concentration camp. Yeah. Like you're done, mate. Yeah. Imagine that stress. Man. So anyway, he was released and he went to study Bible. Imagine stress like some refugees in
1: our country at the moment. Oh, they'll be man. facing that. Yeah. And yeah, we're the judging yeah. whether they keep him or not.
0: That's the reality. Mm. But he, he stayed, and he went to Bible College at Ridley Hall in Cambridge. And this is quite a cool thing. So he, he ended up, I'm just going to just quickly run through this, but he ended up working as a vicar in London. Yeah. I mean, how cool is that? Very cool. What a twist and turn. Like He was nearly killed in a trench yeah. in, in, in in war, in World War One, and he ended up in Fulham for a long time working at St Mark's, vicar of St Mark's. All right. Moved about loads, and... Um, this is a nice kind of end to his life. Werner Simpson, uh, Simonson lived to be 101. Did he? Dying in February 1991. Wow. Oh. Those who knew him commented on his godliness, prayerfulness, mm. and the favourable impression that he had made on people from all walks of life. Amazing. <coughs> it says here, he was a humble, self-effacing man who learnt from all the experience of his varied life. After all he had been... A soldier, a prisoner, a student, a lawyer, a judge, a husband, a father, an author, a persecuted nobody, a refugee, a theological student, and last but not least, the evangelistic minister of three parish churches. Yeah, yeah. He continued to preach in weakness until a few weeks before his death, still witnessing the blessing mate. of That'll God. That'll be us, mate. Mate, listen to this. Because of his ministry, there are many in heaven today. Yeah, come on. That's, cool, That's it, it. What Werner. Story. Werner. What Go a legend! What a legend! Let's be that bloke, mate. And it all started from an act of grace, a yeah. small, tiny, unseen act of grace. I can see you're struggling. Is some food. You're meant to be my enemy, but I, I'll wow. share with you.
1: It's all in the little things, mate. <sighs> Man, it's Anyway, thanks for joining us, Code Love Podcast. See you next time.